0: So, back to the books that I bought. I'll go into the book summary on them. We'll start with Velvet Was the Night. The MCU post Infinity Saga is a bit weird, and I'm loving that. But there is one main thing post Infinity Saga that I'm quite enjoying. I know this book doesn't necessarily tie into the House of the Dragon show, since that show is a prequel and all, but I kind of miss that world. And I've seen the show so many times. I want to experience it how it was originally intended to be experienced. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of of such a fun read, a podcast where we come together to read a book and chat about it like a book club. I am your resident reader, Cherie Lampley, and I'm very excited to be here with you today. So happy Wednesday, everybody. I hope you all are doing well and had a wonderful 4th of July holiday. Did you go see fireworks? Did you get the day off from work, cook out, spend time with the fam? Not having to work, eating barbecue, and seeing fireworks is probably the best part of the holiday, if I'm being honest. Oh, and of course, hanging out with the fam. That too. I did end up seeing some of my family over the weekend. It was nice to see them, especially since I haven't seen some of them in a while. And I also went book shopping. Now, that isn't a specific holiday weekend kind of thing for me. I go to the bookstore quite a few times each month. I will say it has been a while since I have purchased a book from a bookstore. I've gone sometimes where I just walk out empty-handed. It feels weird when I do, though. So I first went to Barnes & Noble. I really do love that Barnes & Noble is still around. I have the Barnes & Noble membership, and I shop there quite often. You know what store I miss, though? I miss Borders. I know it's been forever, but I still miss Borders. I also miss Walden Books. I was at the mall the other day, and I walked past where Walden Books used to be. The memories. But if you really want to know what place I miss the most, I miss the Arena Grand Movie Theater in downtown Columbus, Ohio. I know I was just talking about bookstores, but let me get this off my chest. I loved the Arena Grand. Well, I guess it was Studio Movie Grill before a close-up shop, but I loved going there to watch movies. I think the last movie I saw there was Rogue One. Yes, that was the end of 2016 and it's been some years, but I'm still not over it. I had no idea it was closing when it did either, just a few weeks after I even saw Rogue One. One of my friends mentioned it to me, and my movie going experience hasn't been the same since. That theater was just so convenient for me. It was in a great location. And I never had any issues with any other guests taking out their phones or even talking during the movie. The seats were comfortable too, and the tray for your food felt like it was in the perfect spot. Not too close, not too far away, just right. I just miss it. I've of course gone to other movie theaters since then, it just isn't the same. Anyway, let me get back to talking about what I was talking about before I interrupted myself. Book shopping. Right. So I didn't end up getting anything at Barnes Noble. I was walking around and I thought about purchasing a couple books. Then I decided that I actually wanted to purchase these books at Prologue Bookshop, my favorite bookstore. I shop there in store. I shop online. I shopped a bunch online during 2020. Probably one of the reasons why when I go to a bookstore, I realize a lot of the books I might want to read, I already have them at home. Not sponsored, of course, but a great bookstore. The books I purchased during my visit are Velvet Was a Night by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia and Counterfeit by Kirsten Chin. Possibly future books for future episodes. Speaking of episodes, okay, I haven't brought up what the book will be for this week yet. So just to let you know, this week is going to be a little bit different. We actually don't have a book to discuss. Figured with it being right after a holiday, We can take a mini break, but I still want to talk about books, maybe get into some TV or movies as well. I brought up movie theaters earlier, after all. We will get back into discussing a book next week, and I'll let you know ahead of time what that book will be right now. That book is going to be Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. The movie adaptation comes out during that week as well, so that sounds like a good time to discuss it. As I mentioned in the first episode of this podcast, I am really trying to do better at reading books before the adaptation is released. We'll see if I keep up with that. So back to the books that I bought. I'll go into the book summary on them. We'll start with Velvet Was the Night. Mexico in the 1970s is a dangerous country, even for my A secretary who spends her life seeking the romance found in cheap comic books and ignoring the activists protesting around the city. When her next-door neighbor, the beautiful art student Leonora, disappears under suspicious circumstances, Maite finds herself searching for a missing woman and journeying deeper into Leonora's secret life of student radicals and dissidents. Mexico in the 1970s is a politically fraught land, even for Elvis, a goon with a passion for rock and roll, who knows more about kidney smashing than intrigue. When Elvis is assigned to find Leonora, he begins a blood-soaked search for the woman and his soul. Swirling in parallel trajectories, Maite and Elvis attempt to discover the truth behind Leonora's disappearance, encountering hitmen, government agents, and Russian spies. Because Mexico in the 1970s is a noir where life is cheap and the price of truth is high. And now, on to counterfeit. Money can't buy happiness, but it can buy a decent fake. Ava Wong has always played it safe. As a straight-laced, rule-abiding Chinese-American lawyer, with a successful surgeon as a husband, a young son, and a beautiful home, she's built the perfect life. But beneath this facade, Ava's world is crumbling. Her marriage is falling apart, her expensive law degree hasn't been used in years, and her toddler's tantrums are pushing her to the breaking point. Enter Winnie Fang. Ava's enigmatic college roommate from mainland China who abruptly dropped out under mysterious circumstances. Now, 20 years later, Winnie is looking to reconnect with her old friend. But the shy, awkward girl Ava once knew has been replaced with a confident woman of the world, dripping in luxury goods including a coveted Birkin and classic orange. The secret to her success? Winnie has developed an ingenious counterfeit scheme that involves importing near-exact replicas of luxury handbags. And now she needs someone with a U.S. passport to help manage her business. Someone who'd never be suspected of wrongdoing. Someone like Ava. But when their spectacular success is threatened and Winnie vanishes once again, Ava is left to face the consequences. Swift, surprising, and sharply comic, Counterfeit is a stylish and feminist caper with a strong point of view and an axe to grind. Peering behind the curtain of the upscale designer storefronts and the Chinese factories where luxury goods are produced, Kirsten Chen interrogates the myth of the model minority through two unforgettable women determined to demand more from life. I am definitely thinking of adding these books to the schedule for this podcast, especially for the summer. These sound like really good books to read during the summertime. Let me know if you all would be interested in reading either of them. Let's now talk about some of the books I'm excited about for the rest of 2022. I only have a few, but I thought I would bring them up on this podcast. So the first book is the next book in the Red Rising Saga by Pierce Brown. I don't know when this book will be released. I'm hoping later this year, but it may not be released until next year. I don't know. I just know I want to read it as soon as possible. I need to know what happens. It is one of my favorite series, a science fiction series, and I just need to know what happens next. The next book I'll mention is Babel by R.F. Kuang. The release date for that one is August 23rd. Actually, the complete book title is Babel, or The Necessity of Violence, An Arcane History of the Oxford Translators Revolution. Speaking of R.F. Kwong, I should probably finish reading the Poppy War trilogy. I really enjoyed the Poppy War, so I'm not sure why I haven't finished that series yet. Anyway, I'm excited for this one. Big fan of the Poppy War like I mentioned, at least the first book, And this one is set in academia in the early 1800s. The next book is The It Girl by Ruth Ware. The release date for this one is July 12th, so just around the corner. I've only read one other Ruth Ware book, The Death of Mrs. Westaway*, and I did enjoy it. This is just another, I've been meaning to pick up more books by this author, story by me. I'm sure you'll hear that again on this podcast at some point. So this one has a woman on the search for answers a decade after her friend's murder. I do enjoy a murder mystery. Episode two of this podcast was about A Good Girl's Guide to Murder by Holly Jackson. You should check it out if you've read that book or read that book and then check it out. The next book is Our Missing Hearts by Celeste Ng. The release date for that is October 4th. Her debut novel, Everything I Never Told You, is one of my favorite books, so of course I'm going to want to read something new by this author, which does remind me that I still haven't read Little Fires Everywhere. I know, I know. I get bit by the mood reader bug a lot. I still haven't watched a series that was on Hulu either, pretty much because I was waiting to read the book first. Hopefully, one day. And the last book is The Luminaries by Susan Dennard. The release date for that one is November 8th. It is a young adult contemporary fantasy. I think it's actually the only young adult book I have on this list. I'm sure I'll end up reading more young adult the rest of the year. It's just surprising for me. Anyway, the author had done this choose-your-own-adventure thing on Twitter with her followers, and it became this book. It was pretty cool. Let's continue talking adaptations. I have a little confession here. There are some adaptations that I have watched and I still haven't read the book yet. Now, during the first episode, I mentioned some books that I had watched the adaptation of and then read the books. Well, there are some where I've seen the adaptation and still haven't read the books or at least finished a book or book series. A Song of Ice and Fire is one of them. I tried to hold off from watching Game of Thrones years. I actually didn't start watching it until September 2017, and I was actually able to avoid spoilers. I'd say there were a couple of things I knew about, but it didn't really affect me watching it. I bring this up because I am a third of the way through A Game of Thrones by George R.R. Martin, the first book in the A Song of Ice and Fire series. I would like to finish it by the end of this month. I know this book doesn't necessarily tie into the House of the Dragon show, since that show is a prequel and all, but I kind of miss that world. And I've seen the show so many times, I want to experience it how it was originally intended to be experienced. Speaking of the House of the Dragon TV show, are you all excited for it? I'm not going to lie, I am. I know that there were a lot of people that didn't like the last season of Game of Thrones and especially how it ended. And they did not like how a certain character turned out. I personally figured that character would turn out that way, but that is just me. We could go on and on about the Game of Thrones TV show, possibly a future episode, possibly after I finish the book, but I don't think there's anything wrong with being excited for this new show. First of all, the guys that were showrunners for Game of Thrones are not responsible for this. As I mentioned before, a lot of people are not a fan of the and the way that they end of the show. However, they didn't create this world. George did. Also, the show is focusing on the Targaryens. Now, the Starks are my people, but the Targaryens always definitely intrigued me. And with this show, we'll get to see more than just Danny. I only bring her up because, well... Spoilers, and I'm not going to get into spoilers right now, but like I said, I am intrigued to know more about her ancestors. I'll probably end up reading Fire and Blood at some point. The next thing that excites me is the possibility of more Ramin Jawadi. I love the score for the Game of Thrones TV show. I listen to it quite often, actually, and hopefully the composer is coming back to do more for this new show. And another thing, I just need more fantasy on my TV or even on the big screen. I know we have the MCU shows and the movies, but it isn't exactly the same. When the Willow Time TV show came out last fall, I ate that up. I know some of the book readers were not pleased with the show, but I ate it up. Now, I didn't read the books before watching it. Funny story, I was reading the first book while I was watching the show. After watching the first few episodes, I just wanted to stay in that world until the next episode was released. It is a book I think I'm going to have to read again, though, before I continue on with that series at some point. So those are pretty much the reasons why I'm excited for the House of the Dragon TV show. Oh, and of course, it's getting to be in Westeros again. And it does seem like it's a great time to watch some fantasy, right? It comes out August 21st. And we also get Lord of the Rings Rings of Power show coming in September on Amazon. And on the sci-fi front, we get Andor, a prequel to Rogue One, coming out starting August 31st on Disney+. Plus. So around that time, if I am not reading, I'm most likely watching one of these shows. Speaking of the MCU, I'm actually enjoying it quite a bit right now. I liked Eternals probably more than a lot of people. Spider-Man No Way Home is probably my favorite MCU movie. I enjoyed the second Doctor Strange movie more the second time I saw it. And I think I liked the Multiverse of Madness more than I liked the first Doctor Strange movie. The MCU post-Infinity Saga is a bit weird, and I'm loving that. But there is one main thing post-Infinity Saga that I'm quite enjoying. Well, I should say character. This is spoiler territory for the Loki show, so just FYI. I love Kang. He has been part of the MCU for, what, 15 minutes, if even that. And he is my new favorite character. I am ready to see more of Jonathan Majors be amazing as that character. I was so enthralled watching his scene in Loki. I just want more. I'd say it is one of the reasons I'm excited for this upcoming Thor movie. I'm not saying that Kang is in it, but the possibility of him just showing up for a hot second just makes me excited. I have heard he's supposed to be in the next Ant-Man movie, which, listen, I love Paul Rudd. Clueless is one of my favorite movies. And after seeing Halloween Kills, I definitely appreciate his performance more in The Curse of Michael Myers as Tommy Doyle. I guess we'll just do another confession here since I'm confessing things apparently this episode. I don't care about Ant-Man. I'm sorry. I've tried many times to watch the first Ant-Man movie, and I have turned it off about 20 to 25 minutes in. It just isn't for me, which is okay, right? We all don't have to like the same things, right? I told one of my friends that I was going to go see the next Ant-Man movie, and he doesn't believe me. I understand. I get it. I just want more Kang, though. I'm going to end this episode by doing the mid-year book freakout tag. If you aren't aware of what this is, it is a book tag that was created on YouTube. I don't believe the creator of this tag makes videos anymore, or at least booktube videos. I believe the channel was called Read Like Wildfire, but the tag is pretty much discussing the books you've read so far this year. I have not read as much as I've wanted to, so I think I'm finally understanding the freak out part of this tag. Oh well, let's just do this. Number one, best book you've read so far in 2022. So I mentioned this in last week's episode, actually spent an entire episode talking about it. That book would be The Blood Trials by N.E. Davenport. It's an adult science fiction novel with a blend of fantasy, and I highly recommend it. Number two. Best sequel you've read so far in 2022. That would be Air of Fire by Sarah J. Maas, which is one of the books in the young adult fantasy series Throne of Glass, a series I still need to complete. Air of Fire is probably my favorite book I've read of her so far. Number three, new release you haven't read yet, but want to. <laughs> Where do I even begin? I guess I'll mention Counterfeit by Kirsten Chen, one of the books I mentioned buying from the bookstore earlier. It's a new release. The Marvellers by Daniel Clayton and Book of Night by Holly Black. I'll just mention those three. I'm sure there are others. Number four, most anticipated release for the second half of the year. I did mention earlier the books I'm anticipating for the rest of the year, and I'll say that if the next Red Rising book isn't released by the end of the year then I'll put down Babel by R.F. Kwong here. Number five, biggest disappointment. I don't have one. I really don't have one. I guess that's I guess that's good. Number six, biggest surprise. I'd say Air of Fire. I had heard that Air of Fire was a step up from Throne of Glass and Crown of Midnight, but I really did enjoy it a lot. And I mentioned it is my favorite book I've read of hers so far. I've read ACOTAR, the Accord of Thorns and Roses series, at least up until A Court of Silver Flames, which I still need to read, as well as the first book in the Crescent City series. I think Air of Fire is number one for me. I really do need to take the time to get to Queen of Shadows. I'm also thinking of doing an ACOTAR reread. We'll see, though. Number seven, favorite new author, a debut or new to you. That would be N.E. Davenport. I'm ready for book two in this series, and I'm crossing my fingers and toes that there will be more books in this world she created after that. Number eight, newest fiction crush. Don't have one of those either. Number nine, newest favorite character. I'd probably say Akenna Amari from The Blood Trials. I also enjoy Selena Sardothian Moore from Era of Fire. Oh, and Kale, but they aren't new to me. Number ten, book that made you cry. I don't think any book made me cry so far this year. I did get sad a couple times while reading The Blood Trials, but no tears. Number 11, book that made you happy. Um, all of them? (laughs) I guess I'll put The Blood Trials here again. It made me feel quite a few emotions. Number 12, most beautiful book you've bought so far this year. Trying to remember all the books I've purchased this year? Not easy. So I guess I'll give some love to A Good Girl's Guide to Murder by Holly Jackson here. I do like that cover. And the last question, number 13, what books do you need to read by the end of the year? I think I'll start with A Game of Thrones by George R.R. R. Martin, Ninth House by Leigh Bardugo, haven't read that yet, Queen of Shadows by Sarah J. Mass, and a reread of A Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness. Definitely for a future episode. So that was the Mid-Year Book for Gal Tag. It has been a while since I've done a book tag. And it is definitely a little different doing it on a podcast episode instead of a YouTube video. Well, that'll do it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Such a Fun Read. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and I'd also love to know your thoughts on anything we discussed. The House of the Dragon TV show, the MCU, what books you're excited to read for the rest of the year. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at suchafunread. You can also send me an email to hello at suchafunread.com. And don't forget to rate us everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Five-star reviews are very helpful. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you guys next week.